and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome back. And boom goes your the dreams dynamite. were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. And boom goes well, the dynamite. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Back here where we need ya. Back here where we need ya. Yeah, we tease him a lot. Cause we got him on the spot. Welcome back. Welcome back. And welcome to episode 111 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian and Chris Damasano. Chris, Paul, This podcast are... still exists. <laughs> yes. Believe it or not. Who would have thought? Don't call it a comeback. No, really don't. We just we just had to take a couple weeks off. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Yeah, we, we just had shit. Life happens. Whoa, whoa! Chris has Chris. now transferred himself. He has teleported to a room of stained glass. He, he is in Kyoto. He is in at Kyoto KBS Hall. Holy wow! Shit. All the way from Kyoto KBS Hall, Chris uh, uh, coming in via satellite. Thank you for joining us uh, from the far east. I, of course, am a little bit west. I am uh, in a cornfield. I'm still in the cornfield. I've been in the cornfield for four weeks now. <laughs> I've just been sitting here. Send I've been help. sitting here in this cornfield waiting for Jeff to come back and do a podcast with That's me. Right. I uh yeah, I don't have a fancy background on my Zoom. Sorry. Uh <laughs> this is bullshit, Jeff. Nope. <laughs> Cancel it. Podcast over again. We're taking another three weeks off. Fuck this. <laughs> Unacceptable. Well, well, gentlemen, it was good to be here for the 90 seconds. <laughs> okay, Chris, Chris thanks for awesome. joining us. Hey, do you hey. have anything to plug? <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not used to finishing this quickly, so I have to kind of rush through all of these semantics. Boy, well, you should have been prepared too. Well, boy, you're lucky <laughs> I'm in a good mood because I could have made a really, <laughs> I could have made a really oh, I was, ex- I was low hanging fruit joke there. Well, this podcast, if there's one thing we love, it's low hanging fruit. I'll tell you that. Hey, uh, one thing we also love is closure on this podcast, and uh, do we it, it, in the in the three weeks that. Uh, since we we last convened um i have to we we have closure for uh a long running bit on this show Mr. lay it on us jeff uh i finally saw gary newman whoa <laughs> that, that whoa finally happened so he was in his car he was safest of all at the gary newman yeah. concert in cars oh, of course he did in play cars. that he did play that song of course i would expect i would love to go to a gary newman concert where he doesn't was. play cars and everybody's <laughs> just baffled like what? <laughs> like what the hell you know it, well, <laughs> you? well the version that he plays nowadays it sounds more like you know the fear factory cover but you know it's just hey, the fear factory fair. cover is good too oh it so. is it, yeah it really is um Anyway, yeah, it was a fantastic show. I highly recommend uh, seeing him if if you have not. It is a uh, he, he he still puts on a fantastic sh- show at the uh, tender age of sixty four. So 
Very nice. And do not worry, dear listener, despite this happening, we'll never stop talking about Gary Newman occasionally on this podcast. That is a promise. A boom goes dynamite guarantee is that Gary Newman will randomly come up at times that mostly don't make sense, but we're still going to make it happen anyway. Um, also, consistency is key in all aspects of life. Also, right, Chris, so, someone else that we bring up frequently on this show. Uh, one Mr. Alan Moore. Ah, uh, yes, I knew this was coming up, too. He set the internet on fire. with. I've been a, waiting for three weeks for Jeff to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> Have at it, buddy. Uh, my God, his writing course on BBC Maestro, which, as uh, Paul pointed out to me, is basically British masterclass, which is, you know, a very accurate description. But um, the fourth episode of that uh, series called myself and probably thousands upon thousands of other so-called aspiring writers out like it it is it was massive it, folks it, we have motivated jeff on this podcast you don't even know what we're capable of actually now. no it's true uh i i, I, here, baby. I, I, I Finding out about that and you know uh, the 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 anecdote about graham green the 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 old timey british writer who would he said he would write on average five hundred words per day five days a week? That's a lot like, of words. I, I, that's I've so actually, many words. That's a lot of words. That's ha- that that is a third of a of a fan fight article for me. <laughs> his fa- his <laughs> shout out fan words. fight. Yeah, shout out fan fight. Um, so yeah, uh, so I've been trying to do that. So yeah, I, I know my my uh, focus has been elsewhere. I have actually wanted to come do this show. It just shit actually did get in the way. Most of work shit has been getting in the way. Fortunately, we have gotten there. However, I will say uh, we should probably talk about wrestling before next year's corn harvest comes in. I'm out here. (laughs) I have many ears of corn. Um, I I don't know what to do with all of the corn. I'm going to pop some of the corn maybe, but I I also don't have enough butter. So we got to get going. Okay. Well, Um, I know we, we what are am like, I going to do with all this corn? Uh, <laughs> turn it into ethanol. Jeff, I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast before and we're going to have to talk about it again. Corn is everywhere. Corn is in everything you do. <laughs> Folks, if you think you can escape corn, you can't. <laughs> you, you fucking can't. can't. I think we talked about this last time you were on the podcast, Chris. Yes. <laughs> I'm wrong, but, but I think that, we. Pre- that was going to be a bit. Yeah, <laughs> welcome back, buddy. Oh my God! So we are th- there. Have been three weeks have happened since our in between episodes. We've had two new units get formed. We've had one a, a title change. We've had a, a shit load happened. <laughs> a lot happened um, over the WrestleMania slash Collective slash WrestleCon weekend, yep. um, which right, we're gonna you know address have, in the main event. I still have not uh, watched a goddamn bit of it. You yet. can get all of my thoughts uh, on video on demand at twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. I uh, tier ranked all of the shows that I watched um, on Monday on First Contact, so all my thoughts are over there. If you want to hear me talk about Collective Weekend. I'm yeah. just here to say I like for the culture. That's pretty much the only full show that I did get the chance to see throughout the course of that weekend. I'll give you but some racks after. Some I think there's a couple to, of really good ones. Yeah, I definitely want to catch a couple of specific like shows and matches and stuff. It's just finding the time. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. I won't get into the weeds with it, but since it's AEW related, Mox versus Busick is a must watch for every wrestling fan. Well, I, you know, that's the show that that's the only show I've actually purchased so far. And I had some fuckery with fight tv that like some glitch happened where 
it, it took my money, but it didn't let me have the show, so they just refunded me, oh, and I yeah. rebought it, but I still haven't had time to watch it so and i need to great job, for, for great job on your customer service flight wonderful thank yeah, you no actually you no, know it was good because it was like within two hours i, I got it back but also That's not so bad yeah now i also have you know i i have professional reasons why i need to watch the show so yes <laughs> professional wrestling watchers yes. that's that's right folks so uh yeah so with that in mind we go live to the and i the I can't read my chicken scratch arena. Jeff's doing the uh, the Mick Foley right here in looks at Cucumber. Yeah. Boston, Massachusetts. I'll say it for you. Good old Bean Town. Hey, we were over here. It was we're in Bean Town. We got the microprocessors. Oh, Agon- we're Agonis all in the fucking arena, departed. Oh, how's your mother? Whoa. You know what? Yep. You know what? Uh, Agonis I think, Arena, I think- which is Boston University country yeah stuff, i think I, is... I think we've had this conversation before too i still think infernal affairs is a better movie than the departed but no, the, here's the thing about the departed it isn't good but it's awesome <laughs> it's not a good no movie, it is good fun but, to watch. no it is a good movie i just prefer is it good i, I don't know I prefer, quote unquote good i mean again it, 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 it it's what happens when you mash up infernal affairs with whitey bulger <laughs> so like every time i watch it it feels like it's a worse movie but i enjoy watching it more so that's what I'll say about The Departed. Like, every time I, I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is even worse than I thought. But, oh, yeah, it's even more fun to watch. You it's know Scorsese's dumbest movie, and that includes bringing out the debt. I think maybe you just get confused easily, Paul. <laughs> Me? Yeah. What? Is this a show killer? <laughs> We've hit the what? show killer. No, man. <laughs> Let's go to Boston with your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right into our first match of the evening. Adam Cole, Bay Bay versus Christian Cage, Bay Bay. Is that, how, is that what they call him now? I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just getting confused easily. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I, I still have to remember how to do a podcast. So, you know, <laughs> we're working it's on been it. a couple of weeks. We're it's working hard. on it. It's a work in progress. Um, oh, oh, Chris I, is back from Kyoto. I see now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Super fast. <laughs> Quick shot. Uh, I, I can't really give like really deep thoughts on this match because it's an Adam Cole match. And as you know, dear listener, <laughs> my analysis on Adam Cole barely ever goes further than I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It, it's an Adam Cole match. We. Yeah. He. he he's Here's got, where I'm going to be got, nice. He's got charisma. He can do the moves. He. He's very technically precise with his moves. Uh, just what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the trouble connecting with me. Shout out to Christian Cage for having an outrageous gas tank in his late 40s now. What is he? 47 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he hit. Like, he didn't look winded or gassed for a single second in this match. He looked like he was ready to do another 30 minutes by the time it was over. So uh, shout out to Christian Cage living the outwork everybody moniker. He was outworking motherfuckers tonight. Yeah, it was. A, Did, it, oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, just in general, good energy throughout the match. The crowd was into it from the get go as well. The crowd was hot like, to start. They were up and down, but pretty consistent. I mean, you know, drunk Bostonians, they delivered. They were loud. If there's one thing Bostonians can be, it's not quiet. <laughs> I, I was going to say something else, but I probably, I, I may get We should have got a microprocessor chant going. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Uh, Adam Cole does hit the boom on Christian Cage. Uh, this brings out, uh, you know, it, this brings out uh, one Mr. 
Adam Page. And uh, great shirt on the hanger. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, this one mostly great wardrobe, but I especially like this one. It was a little bit different than like some of those Western style ones you've been wearing. Uh, with the you've got like the rolled up sleeve, a little bit of a looser cut. So a little, a little bit different from the Adam Cole or Adam Page fashion section there, but I liked it. Yeah. Um. So, uh. Yeah. We have a challenge for next week on Rampage, as it turns on out. motherfucking Rampage. A, I know Chris probably popped for this because Chris is a Rampage yeah. head like me. Yeah. A, Definitely. Yeah. I, I can't even remember the last time I watched Rampage because it's on Fridays, and then I forget about it, and then. I just don't have a life. So Friday night and wrestling is like, an gosh, I really wish live television was like recordable or something. Now they should come up with <laughs> technology maybe, or like, yeah, focus, know, on, the, on, focus on the wrong part of the sentence there where I just forget <laughs> that it's, uh, <laughs> I forget that it's there. God, I wish someone like put some stuff in the app where you could like set up reminders or series recordings. Somebody should really work on that. Technology. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff but and no, Trump are the last good. two people with TiVo. They still have the little yeah. click, 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 click. But yeah, a little bit prior it's to that, so many too, shows. Yeah, Red Dragon did decide to attack uh, Christian Cage post match, which did bring uh, good old Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy to the rescue. Of course, they ran them off, and then of course Adam Page ran in and basically called Adam Cole a bitch to his face and said, "Bite me next week." And I love that our guest is the one keeping our podcast on track. Moving yeah, well, again, I, I again, I, I need to. I, I'm still finding my groove back. I, I forgot doing, how to. We're I've doing forgotten, fucking great. I, I've forgotten how to podcast. We're putting you. <laughs> we're on the training wheels. It's fine. We're gonna just keep marching it along until we're ready to take them off. So, hey, you guys like Gary Newman? Or... <laughs> So next next week on Rampage, a Texas Death Match. Another this is like what the third Texas Death Match that uh, I think this is number Adam- two after the Lance Archer one, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is I think this is really interesting that like he's kind of taking that like he was challenged to that match type and then is kind of spinning that out and you know in Texas for this one. So you know it fits the theme. Super excited about this one. Um, if you're gonna have Adam Cole in this feud, if it's gonna continue. This is a really good wrinkle to throw into it. It's going to be really entertaining. Uh, we then get some highlights from the main event of uh, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor last Friday. Also, it, great show involving. Got to watch that one involving Jonathan. Actually, I do for professional reasons. Uh, Jonathan Gresham re, uh, beats v- Bandito to unify the the two Ring of Honor titles, and then we get uh, Jay Lethal coming out, which then brings out. Samoa fucking Joe. Samoan Joseph. Yeah, big surprise at the Supercard of Honor show. Uh, That show really delivered on all of its uh, uh, promises. Uh, And more. I do have some thoughts about the direction of Ring of Honor, though, but I'll put a pin in that one for the end of the show. All right. uh, So, yeah, this was a a nice little video package for those people that didn't watch it or didn't see it. I'm sure it's probably really exciting. And knowing that Samoa Joe is, you know, coming up um, on your screens there, uh, the anticipation was really right there. And I I was ready to go by the time they got to the match and, uh, and got to the match. We did uh, our second match of the evening, a uh, qualifying match for the Owen Hart foundation tournament. Uh, One Samoa Joe versus platinum max caster. Uh, You know what? We thought that uh, Listen. We, we we thought that Chris and I both thought that yes um 
Yeah, Max Kessler was just going to get murdered right out the gate. But you know what? Uh, Samoa Joe just kind of stood there, listened to the rap, and goes, mm, yeah, okay, yeah, that wasn't bad. You know, but Joe's reactions were good. One of Kessler's stronger outings, first of all. It was. Uh, rap Definitely one of, 100%. Delivered. Really good delivery. Really good cadence on this one. It's just, it was well written. So great job by Kessler there. And yeah, I like the way Samoa Joe sold it. He was just kind of a couple of them was, Okay. All right. This guy's kind of funny. I'm still going to kill him, but yeah, yeah that's pretty right, funny. Yeah. All right, yeah. And then, of course, he starts the match with just a headbutt right to the side of his head. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, yep. <laughs> this was Joe's, himself, this uh, was Joe's uh, allow me to retort moment. And just, <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Our, our boy Max Caster took a little bit of an ass whooping this evening. Uh, you know what? I had to appreciate, though. I have a note here that, you know, when. Uh, when, when, when towards the end of the match, when Caster, you know, kind of did that uh, that backhanded chop to the neck, I was like, oh, he's trying to go with the uh, the Kento Kobashi offense. Like, you got to re respect it, you know. What a, yeah, he gave Joe's it one classic. chop. Joe kind of looked at it and was like, "Are you sure?" All right, <laughs> okay. okay. Well, like, okay. yeah, you you ain't Kobashi, buddy. <laughs> the the acclaimed have uh, a tremendous future ahead of them and a lot of victory uh, in front of them. But Max Caster is filling a very important role very well on television right now. And I know people are clamoring for the acclaim to like get those wins, but this is valuable experience for Max Caster and it's putting eyes on Max Caster that didn't before Samoa Joe fans. Yeah. Samoa Joe fans are people from ring of honor that are tuning in tonight uh, that weren't watching a lot of AEW. This is going to be their first introduction to Max Caster. And if you don't think they're going to want to see this guy again, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And also, here's the thing, like Joe busting the little Bobby Schmurder dance halfway for the match after yeah. getting in the corner. Fantastic. And like touch. that does a lot for Max because that <laughs> legitimizes Max's character, just like those mm -hmm. type of things. Right. Because it shows that Samoa Joe at least understands who this guy is and respects it enough to like make fun of him, to like know yeah. it. Yeah. So Not like a, who is this guy? Like, I know who you are. I'm going to fuck with you a little bit. But Samoa Joe, of course, does get the win with the Kaneko Buster. Um Gets First time in a while, he's busted that out for sure. Yeah, yeah. welcome back, Muscle Busters. Yeah. Uh, so, and with after that, we get a uh, video message from uh, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, which I just had no interest in or caring about because fuck Jay Lethal, but I do. I did think Sanjay's delivery was really good in this promo. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't. Sanjay I like that energy a... that he's bringing as a character right now. Sanjay as an on-screen character is a thing that I do like. Is just being stuck with Jay Lethal is not mm -hmm. my biggest thing but hey something's gonna happen between them ne next week it's fine we're that's, getting joe and jay that's the it. that's the first feud for joe so yeah. we're just gonna have to weather it man we're gonna ride this thing Fair out enough. and uh we're all gonna support samoa joe yeah of course we then go backstage with the blackpool combat club one of the many units that formed in our absence and Chris, you're gonna appreciate this one. Sorry, Nariki Doi. Sorry, Gold Class. But I think Blackpool Combat Club is my favorite unit of 2022 so far. Yeah, they uh, the formation has been a very welcome sight. It gives two top elite main event guys that aren't gonna be that you can't really put in the title picture every single time. It gives them direction, focus for the next couple of months, and just. In general, for AW, what a get with William Regal as a whole. Like, if you're a wrestling company and you have William Regal like in your lap for so many years and you just let him go, you're stupid. Uh, there's no other way of describing it. Uh, we do. I didn't see this promo, so I'm glad you guys are talking about it. I was uh, tending to my pets. Oh, you're good. It was We're, just explaining the matches for Rampage. I'm sure it was great. <laughs> and, and we this this Friday on Rampage, we do get uh, Jonathan Moxley versus the new. Ring of Honor pure champion Wheeler Utah. Utes. 
Oh, we love the Utes. Anytime I think of Wheeler, you know, like I know he's not like from Minnesota or like the upper Midwest, but I need but him to be. The name. Because I just his voice, <laughs> his name, I can only say it in like that upper Midwestern the, the, circle. The, the, oh, the, look at our Wheeler Yuta. Well, oh, he, it's the big Utes over there. He's a big boy. He's so strong. Look at him. Well, we're, we're gonna bring back the old uh, New York hardcore uh, straight edge band, the the Utes of today. <laughs> nah. Or um, it could be it could be uh, uh, Joe Pesci in uh, My Cousin Vinny talking about him, talking about these Utes, <laughs> these two Utes. No, there's only one Utes. It's Wheeler Yuta. It's only oh one. Utes. And the judge is like, oh Utes, like Wheeler Yuta. Got it. Uh, okay. Our third match of the evening, uh, the chairman, Sean Spears versus another Sean. They they didn't think that one through, did they? Putting two there Sean's are a bunch of Sean's. We got a bunch of cages. We got a bunch of pages. Um, we got a couple of Adams. Uh, you know, mul- guys having multiple names is not a problem uh, in all elite wrestling. Uh, the, now I see the, these Wardlow posters around. So there, there's a, I, I'm guessing there's a shtick going on where yes. they're, they're banning ah, so. Wardlow from the building or something. Since you've been right. gone, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, something that happened on Since dynamite with the MJF, <laughs> with, with the MJF Wardlow stuff was, uh, MJF had Wardlow banned from AEW, uh, events and programming. So they put these, uh, Wardlow isn't allowed over here signs around and all that. Uh, they've had him up for, I think this is the second or third week now, right? Second, 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 second week. They had to put him up last it, yep. week. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, they might as well have said Wardlow is definitely showing up soon. Everybody just keep uh, looking around. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this was threatening to be a complete demolition of Sean Dean until we go to the back. And yeah, of course, we see Wardlow attacking security. Boy, this is one of the most WWE segments I have seen on AEW in quite some time. <laughs> But it wasn't like now WWE. Here's what this was. This was a WWE video game segment. Uh, And a lot of this show actually was a WWE video game for me. Like a lot of this was like in in a claim game like that took place like like um, Attitude or Warzone, like one of those games where like you played probably 60% of it doing backstage brawls. (laughs) That was a lot of tonight's dynamite. Just a lot of a lot of a large man appears and just starts yeeting people left, right, and yeah, center. Yeah, we got we had ourselves some hijinks this evening. Causes a bit of a distraction. Captain Sean Dean ends up getting the pinfall on Sean Spears, and that's the second pinnacle member in which he has pinned in a couple of months at this point. For Sean Dean, the pinnacle it might as well they might as well be called the panache because there's no L when it involves him. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> See what you did there. Um, uh, yes, Wardlow uh, is uh, coming for for Maxwell. This is a thing that's going to happen, probably a lot further away than you expect it to, because they're really yeah, good at helping are, uh, getting MJF to no, escape. Yeah, and I mean they, 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 they did cut a long game. Into, yeah, yeah, they, they, they long game this whole setup. They're going to long game the actual like comp, literal like. Okay, there's a match. There's a bell. Go kind of thing as well too and there's time for that and you can get away with it quick prediction when do you think we actually see a full-on singles match between mjf and wardlow double or nothing yeah double or nothing that's where i'm at too 
I mean, that, I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we're in the build period for it now. So yeah, this is this is the yeah. Thing. We got a couple. Of Although weeks. I yeah, do I think, think right. I do think there's a good chance that some sort of match happens with like a not satisfying finish prior to it, and that that ends up being the second match at uh, Double or Nothing. If you could tell me that if they have some sort of special or just like a big dynamite, and they have something that ends in like a not quite satisfying sort of uh, fashion, I could see that. True. True. It, it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't they, be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time. No, they time like to see sure. they like to do those kind of builds, especially with MJF. That's what I'm saying. You're right. Uh, we it didn't follow, go- it follow the beat by beat story within it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, say uh, we didn't go backstage, and the best friends are with said uh, ROH Pure Champion uh, Wheeler Yuta. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I get the feeling Wheeler Yuta really is not long for best friends because Trent Beretta's already shitty with him. Yeah, no, this was a, this whole thing is just we're we're going to tell it over the course of a few weeks, but we're letting it kind of blow up. He brushes off Trent. Also, Chuck, too, says, you know, you don't touch me either. Trent says you need to learn from the people you're turning your back on. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited to see the inevitable, like, blow off Trent Uta match because I think that's, that's going to be, be really fun. good. I think it's going to be really, really good. Yeah, probably for that same title, but also uh, but also uh Trent Beretta versus Brian Danielson on Rampage. Which should be fun. So, yeah, Love Rampage that. is going to be pretty black. Rampage is stacked the next two weeks. Yeah, Rampage is pretty Blackpool Combat Club heavy this week. Well, it's time to feature them. I think this is the right way to kind of do it. Um, we haven't really figured out Mox and Danielson's chemistry together yet. They didn't really super click as a tag team for me in their first tag outing. They have a lot of work to do there. And, like, we haven't found, like, an entrance together for them. So if that's the case, while you're working on that, yeah, let's showcase them individually in this and kind of make them the stars of an episode. You know, I like that. When you take a faction and kind of make them the main characters of one episode. Yeah. I think that's a good strategy. Uh, it's worked it, for Team Taz for all the last couple of weeks, so it makes sense. Yeah, there were some really good Dark Order episodes of Dynamite in the past when they were doing stuff mm-hmm. like that. We then uh, get uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti for the commercial break uh, to do the cue cards where they're, you know, burying American Top Team. Uh, for the listener that can't see what's going on, uh, Chris almost fell out of his chair rolling his eyes when Jeff said Sammy and Ty Conti. <laughs> I feel like, and the reason I'm explaining that and saying it out loud is because I feel like the listener can absolutely relate to that exact gesture when it comes to Sammy and Ty Conti. How can two like pretty likable people individually be just so incredibly repellent together? It's it's almost impressive. Uh, Their personality is literally an EFED couple, and I hate it. Uh, yeah, they are. The, they are wow. really embody the most annoying couple imaginable. Truly, you know, I, truly I, they do. I, I, and if that's the gimmick, and if they're doing that on purpose, then like fucking bravo. Yeah, but, fantastic. I mean, they say the best sh- wrestling characters are your real personalities turned up to eleven, and that kind of seems to be what we're getting from them right now. Yep. So yeah, like that's... all the best because when inevitably that they're like packaged as like truly hateable heels, I think they'll have a lot of success. But man, yeah. the journey there is fucking brutal. It, They're so annoying. Yeah. And I think that is that seems to be the eventual long range goal. Because even as far back as during the beginning days of Dynamite, for Jeff and I, Sammy Guevara has always been more of a natural, like cocky douchebag heel, and this character worked better that way. It's just yeah. But even going back, really yeah, going back to DDT, yeah, even going back to DDT, yeah. he was like that. 
Yeah, I think Ty Conti uh, truly has the ability to uh, to play, you know, uh, babyface or heel characters. So I'm not really concerned about her. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not off the Ty Conti train by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, <laughs> like making them an on screen couple was uh, not a, a good choice. idea. <laughs> it, it was not a good idea. And, and, and putting him in with this American Top Team feud, which I did not give a shit about, you know. <laughs> Boom yes. so. goes the dynamite has now uh, been joined by a fourth guest. It is Butters the cat. I don't know if Butters the cat will be doing any speaking, but Butters is present. Well, see, you were complaining yeah. about needing butter, and there you go. This is about the biggest butter you can get. Yeah. Uh, we then get a backstage attack. It is so more WWE video game backstage attacks. It is Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz kicking the shit out of the Jericho Appreciation Society, another unit that formed in our absence. Yeah, the fuckery levels were high tonight. They were high. You know, and then, yeah, we didn't even get a chance to really talk Jericho Appreciation Society and, like, our really thoughts on it. I'm sure we'll get a, a chance to do that as we go along here, Jeff, and I'm excited for more of that. So far, I'm pretty positive on Jericho Appreciation Society. I think it's the kind of experience that Daniel Garcia needs for his yes. future. And so that's mm -hmm. what I'm taking a long view on it. Like whether or not this is successful or whether or not it's like great as a, as a whole, I think it's going to be an important piece for Daniel Garcia moving forward. Not to mention, I think it gives him a different platform to kind of continue his growth overall within the company without having to be aligned with the other technical wrestlers. Uh, like Yeah. Like Black this is a character and a style of wrestling doing. that he needs to like add to his repertoire. Right. Like he, sure. we know he can do that other stuff, yeah. but is, and you know, Chris Jericho is right about this. And that's what makes this character and what he's been right now. So interesting. Uh, whether you like it or not, you have to be able to sports entertain. Uh, if you want to be like a truly top level, successful wrestler, you got to be able to do it all, man. Well, I just got our 10-minute uh, warning here so, from, from from the Zooms. So, uh, All right, let's play that third lap music for the Mario Kart. You know, when you get to that third lap and then everything does a key change and starts playing like a half <laughs> yeah, a step that's faster. Right. That's right. That's what the rest of the podcast is from now on. Okay. All right. Or we could just, you know, jump out of the meeting and, you know, just restart the meeting. We could do that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, so uh, Eddie and LAX also do an in-ring version of this promo where they just said it was on site for any member of the J Jericho Appreciation Society. So The jazz, the jaws, the jaws. Um, we then get a video package about Hook. Where he no sell, he totally no the uncursable Dan, hook. He he totally no sells Danhausen. Man, you you think you can curse him? You better think again, Buster. You ain't man. cursing this boy. Man, oh man. When we come back, we also get Jade Cargill coming out and uh, completely burying Enochiaism. Right. Well, Dur you right, know. right during the New Japan 50th anniversary year. My God. Jade can so, bury whatever so she wants. She's undefeated. So I mean, yeah. if her strategy seems to be working, I guess she's got a right to talk. Yet something tells me that at some point during this Ring of Honor acquisition that somebody let her take a peek at the library as a whole. And she saw Kevin uh, Steen's promo on Davey Richards being a jujitsu jerk off. And then she went, Fuck well, you got to remember, she's be training with Brian week. Danielson. So if she's getting match recommendations from Brian, you know what he's showing her. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this is what you're starting to see is the Brian Danielson influence on Jade. I will say this. 
her confidence on camera and on stage versus what it's it was, let's, let's say, 12 so months much. ago. Holy unbelievable. Shit. She believes in herself 100%. You can see it. You can feel it versus what it used to be. She talked about this in some interviews recently. I talk as Jericho, I think, is one that's worth listening to. Um, but, man, yeah, it's it's really great to see it all kind of come together. The look was great. The sunglasses were great. Um firing on all cylinders. I know we say it every week. I know some people are talking about maybe uh, Marina Shafir being the right person to to take her belt. Nope, wrong. No. Get the fuck out of here. No one is beating Jade for like a long time and it shouldn't. No one should be Mm -hmm. beating her for the foresee. Let's call it the foreseeable future. Okay. For sure. At least another year. At least, yeah, I agree. And please, Jade, please continue to bury Enokiism. I, I, I love this. Yeah, fuck it. And you, you know what? If Enoki wants some, he can fucking step for the forbidden door and get <laughs> fucking wrecked. I mean, the, let the, Enoki get jaded until his fucking chin goes straight. Come on. I mean, the the the, the man is quite ill, actually. So I don't think that's going to be happening. But you know. Well, then I guess he's got no shit to talk. Then he should just he can he can just be quiet and get well soon and let Jade fucking cook. You know what? I'll tell you what. Chris will agree with me on this one. You know who could come in through the forbidden door and get wrecked if if, if anyone has a problem with the Enochism burying? Kazuyuki Fujita. <laughs> can Fujita get, can come get that get that work too. Yeah, that's step through right. the forbidden door. God, get jaded. Noah has just been some bullshit since they they strapped. We do him. not have enough time to get into a Noah. Yeah, we don't have enough time on. to get into this. Let's go. All right. <laughs> hey, Chris, like, no, 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 Look, it's my show. I'm gonna bury. I'm gonna bury <laughs> Noah if I want on my show. <laughs> we then get uh, MJF and Sean Spears uh, talking some shit about Sean Dean and uh, Wardlow, and uh, yeah, that's boots to the captain. That's, that's all I got. Keep the story moving. Our fourth match of the evening: the Butcher and the Blade taking on Matthew and Jeffrey Hardy in a tables match. What more do we have to really get into detail? My dog is barking because she wants you guys to know what she's saying is that this was a really strange match that was poorly paced and poorly booked and didn't work on basically any level. The (laughs) rules weren't explained to the audience, therefore leading to mass confusion with the live crowd. I spoke to someone in the live crowd. They were just as confused as us watching on TV. No one knew what the fuck was going on. I don't even think the commentators did. Um, One good thing happened and... I'm not even happy about that because I don't think Jeff Hardy should be wasting his very, very limited bump card on bad TV matches. Yeah. It should have just been a tornado tag match. No DQ. Do something. It was so weird. They didn't explain the eliminations, right? Um, It made all the spots strange. There was a bunch of like, it's like they wanted to have an excuse for all these like missed table spots. Just don't do the missed table spots in a tables match. Do other spots. Fucking come up with something else, man. Uh, and, like, exactly. I don't really want to – I hate, like, being mean to a match that I was, one, excited about, and two features, two tag teams I'm, like, I love. This shit yeah. sucked, dude. Just did not work on the spectrum, which is unfortunate. I think they can do much better if given more of a set of limitations to run by, just a regular tag match or tornado rules with no DQs of any kind, you know, stuff stuff of the nature. Just This was weird. We have been joined by another Boom Goes Down my co-host, Nugget the Cat. So you, so you have butter nuggets then is what you're saying. I got some buttery nuggets. Yes. Buttery nuggets. <laughs> and a dog. What's what's the dog's name? Why are you leaving the dog? The out? dog is Molly. Molly. Molly just yeah. buttery nuggets. No, on Molly, Mo- you can't host the show. Dogs can't do podcasts. Sorry. Uh, but buttery nuggets on Molly, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, podcasting is for cats. I'm, it's not, I don't make the rules. Indeed. Yeah, well, my dogs think they're cats half the time, I think. You know, mm-hmm. See, that's why they want to do podcasts. So I, get I think they, they could do podcasts. As a surprise to nobody, the Hardys do get the win in the very ill-explained uh, stipulation of the match. This brings out the Andrade family office as well as Steve Stinger. Even Jay Singer. You know, uh, Paul, it's funny that, you know, that, that they brought in Steve Singer with that whole winter is coming thing, you know, about uh, a, about a year and a half ago now. Did you get that article I sent you the other day? Uh, you sent me a bunch of articles and I cannot remember them off the top of my head. I'm sure I received it, but which one are you talking about? <laughs> uh, the, the one pertinent to winter is coming uh, with the, the George R. R. Martin. Is he ever going to actually finish the series and doesn't matter at this point? Oh, yeah. The one from Pace. Yeah, no, I know. I saw that. I have given my thoughts on this on this podcast before when we've talked about A Song of Ice and Fire, I think. I am very pro George Martin. I don't care whether or not he finishes the books at this point. I kind of hope he doesn't. I kind of think it's funnier if he doesn't finish the books. <laughs> I think the I think the five that we have are very, very good. I don't think George R. R. Martin knows me or anyone else a goddamn thing. So if he doesn't want to finish the books, go ahead. Don't finish him, bro. It's you cool. As, as, someone who, as someone who's only really uh, read George R. R. Martin through wild cards, I completely agree. George R. R. Martin rocks. He's, he's, he's a nice man. And if he wants to just chill and like rescue wolves and shit, then fucking be my guest. Yeah. Bro. Hey, watch the and Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, doing I mean. work. And yeah. and doing work for Elden Ring at that too, which yeah, fantastic he fucking game. wrote he wrote fantastic everyone's game. favorite video game. Like, what else do you want from oh, this did man? He, oh, did he really? Yes, he, he fucking wrote Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Oh my god, <laughs> it's wonderful. By the he's way, a, he's like, a best god, dude. By far. He's the man. Okay, you the know man what? Has, the man has immunity for me at this point, like for the rest of his life. <laughs> See? All right, fuck it. Yeah, no, what? that's the thing. He has built up an eternity of goodwill, and I don't think anyone has any right to tell him he has to finish these books. Fuck you. You don't get a book. Go watch the shitty last season of the show, you ingrate. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. The wins a winner never needs to come. Never needs to come out ever. Yeah, no, it's fine. We have like four excerpts. I got everything I need from it. We have a couple of good chapters about Dorn. That's I'm fine. They talk about Dark Star. Love that. Of course, I've never read a word of it, so I don't know what you're talking oh, okay. about. So, <laughs> or and, I didn't watch I mean, it either. But. If we can break this into sort of like soundtracks on the sticks esque kind of talk, as it is. Elder oh, Ring's publishers are now wanting to work with Wheel of Time's George Sa- uh, Brandon Sanderson as well for the next game that they're doing on that series. So that's another. So just the like idea Amazon's of- The Wheel of Time, they're just going to make a shittier version of what George R. R. Martin already did. Yeah. People love to do that. By the way, making a shittier version of something George R. R. Martin has already did has made a lot of people rich. Pretty much. Uh, 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 hold on. Whoa, whoa. Time out. Point of order. Robert Jordan came out with Wheel of Town before uh, the first volume of Song of Ice and Fire came out. Yeah, but nobody cares because George R. R. Martin wins. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we then go no, backstage. I'm, I'm for- this is a wrestling podcast. We can just make the timeline mean whatever we want. It's kayfabe. <laughs> We're out here retconning. These are the sorts of chicanery that you get when it's a three-man booth, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> See, and this is why I advocate for two-man commentary teams. <laughs> we just know it from experience at this point. It goes off the rails really quickly. See, that's why, Chris, the only thing you should do when you come on is just Gorilla Monsoon. It's just, will you cut it out? <laughs> will you stop? <laughs> oh, come What's on. What's the matter with you? <laughs> You're, 
you're a real piece of work. You know that? <laughs> we then go backstage. Uh, Jurassic Express uh, first try to comfort a uh, very frustrated Christian Cage who just kind of storms off. And then uh, we they challenge Red Dragon for the tag titles on Dynamite next week. We are stacking up title opportunities, and we have Battle of the Belts coming up in addition. A lot of belts getting defended in the coming weeks. The month of April, big for championships. I won't be watching Battle of the Belts live. No? Because I'll be in Villa Park. It's a Saturday. Yeah, I'll be oh, on. Oh, yeah, you're going. That's going to be the same time as Windy City Riot, eh? Yeah, I, I'm going to Villa Park. It, it's my birth. Oh, yeah, by the way, next next Wednesday, my birthday. So so I want to hey. I want to try to guess something live on this podcast and see if I'm right. I'm, I mean, I'm, it's pretty formality. But was the Yuji Nagata announcement the thing that made you buy the ticket? No, actually, it was not. It was the it was uh, Great Ocon, but they sold out. Oh. But they just released some more. So ah, because when, when I saw the Nagata thing, I was like, all right, this will get Jeff to go. No, <laughs> I, no. I, I originally I wasn't going to go, and then they announced Suzuki, and then they announced Mox. I was like, oh fuck, and then Great Ocon. I was like, fuck, I have to go. Yeah, and, the, the yeah. Mox thing was like a roller coaster because they were like, hey, Mox. Yay! Versus Will Osprey. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, Ocon's being wasted on a uh, on a ten man. Um, the, the United Empire versus the Bullet Club, in which Scott Norton is in teaming with the Bullet Got Club, it. which is completely out of continuity. Oh. <laughs> completely Ooh. out of continuity. Hey, because yeah, Scott Norton teamed against the Bullet Club with Team Two Thousand with Cheeseburger. That was the official name okay. of the team. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Has Cheeseburger ever wrestled Nino Hamburguesa? No, but it needs to happen on the Mania weekend. I've it been does. saying this like, for years. That's a big, that's a huge missed opportunity. <laughs> there that are, hasn't there happened two, already. There are two Mania things that I think are missed opportunities until it happens. That specific match between Cheeseburger and Nino Hamburguesa and a team up of Orange Cassidy and Juice Robinson as Orange Juice. Uh, yeah, that is kind of that one's right there. You know what? They could they that could make right there. They they could make the cheeseburger and Nino Hamburguesa a uh, a, a three person unit with uh, big beef. Oh, Royale oh, yeah, ah. cheese. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, and now we get to the women's segment of the program as we get a Nyla Rose video package uh, running down Thunder Rosa. And then we get some backstage interaction between former stardom stable mates, Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. Chris, really uh, Chris Tony is beaming ear to ear on this. Respectfully. Listen, it's going to be a good match. But yes, very respectfully. Extremely respectfully. respectfully. You know what? Tony Chris Storm. has gotten up. He has returned. He's wearing a fedora and a duster. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris Rossi Damasceno over here. Please he's got, don't he's got that. He's got like a spray of Banaka. He went to like spray it into his mouth and it went sideways the other direction. We <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> Chris, did you watch any of Stardom at Ria Goku? Uh, yeah, I did see uh, specifically the Kyrie matches because I was interested in seeing what she was going to do. Uh, she backhanded the shit out of some people in those matches. Yes, she and I did. was here for it. I saw the, I have not watched, I saw footage. Oh my God. Yeah. Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie Hojo is back. Kyrie just decided I'm older now. I can take less bumps and I can work a little bit more stiff, brother. Let's well, did you, go. Well, did you see what happened to her? She burst her eardrum. <laughs> yeah. 
Yipes. Our fifth match of the evening, Hikaru Shida versus Julia Hart, a, uh, another Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifier. Um, was it just me, or did Julia Hart have, like, some of the Malachi Black punish, makeup? Punish Julia, baby. Let's it go. It appeared to have been deliberate, yes. Yes, uh, I did kind of notice that one. I think that might and She very quickly ejected Pillman and Griff from ringside. Uh, said, get out of here. I'm doing it by myself. Her energy very noticeably different. She's she's proved that she is one of the smarter people in this business by keeping as far away from Brian Pillman Jr. as humanly possible the first opportunity she got. Ooh. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that Griff has to be caught. I'm sad that Griff, that, I'm sad that, yes, I am sad about um, Griff being the middle. I'm sorry. Team, I'm sorry that, that all Griff's friends are fighting, and I just hope Griff has a nice time. Um, future world champion Griff Garrison will be all right. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, Griff uh, did tweet shortly after the show fun. ended. Um, just I'm sick of her shit. <laughs> yeah, valid, uh, valid. The match pretty decent. I liked it. I really liked this one. Mm-hmm. I thought they had really good chemistry. I think Julia is getting a lot better. Yeah, I think Julia is someone that, if it's within her interest to do it, it may not be just depending on circumstances. Her taking a couple of outside dates from AEW on the odd weekend here and there, I think that would kind of help speed things up a little bit further. He but wrestled I do think that, that warrior made... a few months ago. Yes, yeah, but I do think that she's made, I do think that she's been making really good progress on it. I just want to see it expedited a little bit more because there's, I mean, she seems there. to be doing, I mean, the, the character, like my biggest concern, because I thought the wrestling was coming along pretty nicely when they started doing this stuff. My biggest concern was her character work. I was like, can Julia handle this? I haven't really seen it from her. And then it's really kind know. of, like, wow. And yeah, she nailed it. She's she's doing a great job. She's uh, uh, a mutual of mine. So shout out, shout out, uh, the big homie Benny uh, had tweeted that um, Julia is one of the most compelling AEW characters in the last like six months, and it's hard to disagree. She is super interesting. Like I really care what happens, and like I feel like whether or not it's the most prevalent or prominent storyline in the wrestling fans' mind, I feel like everybody watching this and everybody watching AEW wants kind to of want see, to see what goes. happens next with Julia, right? Exactly, and that's that's a big thing in pro wrestling. Super valuable, well. yeah. And what whether it is like a House of Black allegiance that she eventually takes, or if she just does her own thing, but is under the sort of corruption because of not just like that moment or these. Yeah. Even if it's like that just was the catalyst to get her out onto her own. Yeah. Exactly. She kind of, and there's like a loose association there. It's something, you know, something you can come back to, but you don't necessarily have to address it head on. You have a lot of options. Hikaru Shida does get the win with the Falcon arrow. And then afterwards, she does a deal. And then afterwards, uh, Serena D comes out and they just kind of, Stare down each other and then deep retreats. A, a, a very WWE okay, so I know, career I, I feel like, segment there. I feel like people are pretty split on Deep versus Sheeta as a continuing feud. Where are you guys at with it? Uh, I'm fine with it. All I'm right. good with it as well. I think it needs finality at this point, but I okay. do think that, that they're building towards that probably at the Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, so. I think they have one more really good match in them before we blow this off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm down to see it. We then go backstage, and uh, Shane Swerve Strickland is uh, attacked by Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks after showing off pictures of him at the Grammys on Sunday. Uh, Keith Lee gets involved and throws, I think, Hobbs through a wall. <laughs> or was yeah, it? Yeah, he man. He Kool-Aid man up through a wall. <laughs> just just Kool Aid man. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Damn. outrageous. Damn. <laughs> 
All righty, our main event of the evening, FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood versus Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, for both the Ring of Honor and AAA Tag Team Championships. Okay, so here's the thing I had about Ring of Honor and the future direction of it. I understand that Tony Khan now owns Ring of Honor. And there's going to be some cro- there's going to be some crossover between Ring of Honor and and All Elite Wrestling. Um, does it make sense to basically put all of your titles onto traditionally non ROH wrestlers? Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. He owns does the company now. Yeah, yeah, he owns the company now. Yeah, it's yeah, his now. He does, but yeah, there are no there aren't any Ring of Honor guys anymore. There are AEW guys because he owns Ring of Honor. So yeah, no, you absolutely absolutely you put these belts on AEW people and you may, you establish it as your property. Now, if you want, you know, Ring of Honor, first of all, their champions Jonathan Gresham still, and that's not changing. So they have it anchored there, right? Um, people were clamoring for FTR to win the Ring of Honor belts. It's what people wanted in the first place. So I don't think there's a problem with that either. Uh, Wheeler Yuta winning the pure belt absolutely fits in the storyline, the narrative they're trying to tell with Blackpool Combat Club. So I think all of this is exactly right. Absolutely. All right, yeah, Mercedes, I, like Mercedes get, Martinez yeah. winning the women's belt too, though? The, 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 That's, the that was a product belt. of necessity, though. You have to remember, they only yeah. did that because Deanna Perazzo not available to defend her. She was, at that point, the undisputed champion. That yeah. interim belt match only happened because of the availability. They're doing the interim thing. I would expect Diana Perazzo to come in and retain and beat yes. uh, Mercedes and, and continue to be the Ring of Honor champion and as long as they can lock her down. Because this is, Diana's a bigger name. You're going to have to sign her. Yeah, 100%. Like yeah. At this point, Diana, I think, is past being on impact. She's been past being on impact. Yeah, she's bigger than impact. She's one Uh, of the better technical wrestlers in the world right now. Yeah, and here's what I'll say just specifically with the Ring of Honor guys, because I get it if for people who may have followed this sort of late Sinclair era era Ring of Honor with a lot of good dojo signings that they're not like picking up on chain tail promotions or what have you with it. But at the end of the day, it's new ownership. They're going to take it in the direction that they want to do it. And Tony Khan just decided, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do my own thing. We're going to treat this like it's TNA and ROH with an actual working And also, they, they did Ross move one of those included. belts over to another non-AEW guy in Minoru Suzuki, who's now the Ring of Honor television champion. Indeed. So, yeah, Chris, do you think that Minoru Suzuki has more of an idea or less of an idea of what the t- TV belt was more than, than, a, than Tomohiro Ishii did? <laughs> more, more of an idea. He advertised the match to begin with, which meant he knew of the belt's existence, <laughs> which makes it even more ironic when they make the announcement that that... Uh, Suzuki Ishii match uh, at Windy City Riot is most likely going to be for that ROH television championship. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be great, though. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Well, but I'll, just don't be surprised when it happens. Well, I'll, I'll let you all know when it happens. Speaking of Ring of Honor, uh, match announcement, uh, ring announcement by Bobby Cruz. Yeah, that was cool. Hire him full-time. Hire him full-time. He Bobby, is. I think, uh, oh, he is good. Well, you know, um, uh, no, you know, let's just not. <laughs> some bridges are better left than cross let's I just it. not no, let's not do it tonight so my question to you uh for the beginning part of this tag team contest how many years is matt jackson gonna sell that lower back 
because I think we're in, I think we're in how many more years now. is he going to be wrestling? That's your answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's the Bob Orton in an arm cast situation all over again. That injury is never going away. Brother. Yeah, that is that is uh, a, a nagging injury at this point. It's, it's it's like it's yeah, as Jeff said, it's like DDP's ribs. He's gonna have to invent like a whole yoga system just to get rid of the pain. Absolutely. You know what? I would young buck Pilates. Let's do it. Oh god. There, there's unfortunately a lot of money to be made there, especially in fucking California for it. Ooh. <laughs> Young Buck Tybo, uh, be wine I, moms I, having super I, kick parties. I am just telling Matt and Ned Jackson right this instant if they ever somehow stumble into this episode, you now owe us royalties if you go through with this. Oh, <laughs> Those are no. nice. <laughs> that's oh. just the reality of it. Oh, yeah, that's how, that's how the internet works. Paul, you've killed me now. <laughs> Wouldn't Rest be the first time. Oh, Anyways, FTR in the Young Bucks. <laughs> it was an actual title match that happened for two belts at that. Crazy stuff. Complete with a dusty finish. It's old school, folks. <laughs> this match um, fucking ruled, you guys. It was can very we, good. Can we talk was, about wrestling? Oh, yeah, it was, it was good. really was good. Coming off of what a lot of people think is the match of the year in FTR and the Briscoes, it's on my list. Uh, to be sure, I still don't think anything beats the MJF CM Punk dog collar match for me to date. That's still my number one. Uh, Mox and Busick is up there on my list now. I thought that match was phenomenal. Um, there's some good shit out there, but uh, whew. yeah, this was a banger. This was yeah, a- you can't go wrong with it. They hit all their beats, which was all you could ask out of all four of them. Yeah, I think I saw Bix compare it to an uh, NXT revival match, which I saw some hints of, but it definitely had that Young Bucks pacing to it um, Mm -hmm. and definitely had had more of that, I guess. I don't don't know. I'm trying to find the word for it, but a more independent style of wrestling than than those type of matches, for sure. They found a good middle ground between the typical Young Bucks match and the typical FTR match. I think you are correct. They sort of met in the middle, and they did really well with it. So kudos to all four guys involved. And Babyface FTR is like a revelation in and of itself, too. Like kudos Huge. to that. Well, I mean, it's in at the right time as much as it is they're doing a great job. The this was the exact right time the fans ex- like wanted to root for them right here at this moment. The Young Bucks, and we've talked about this before, like the Young Bucks being so hateable, like at the right time to cash them in. Like now we're we're catching all that right here. What really stood out? It's been eighteen months since their first match, and it feels like it hasn't even been believe. that long. It definitely. I know it time means like fucking nothing. Months. Um, <laughs> yeah, circle. and the think about that they've had a year and a half for this to stew and for how fresh it felt like as soon as they came back how much everybody was just like fuck yeah i'm ready for it uh the timing <laughs> is is great the execution also great this match was great the finish was really good the false finishes were really thrilling like they had me going the uh the leg on the rope with the third uh count from rick uh, knox hitting Knox's his hand to the mat yep. had the crowd go just frothing at the mouth great stuff man like, it's a match that wouldn't feel out of place in a territory somewhere in the Carolinas or in, like, Reseda in its heyday. Like it would. I was going to say, there's definitely some anywhere. PWG in there. No question. Oh, 100%. Uh, FTR does retain, remaining the AAA and Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, champions excuse me. As we so this it. earns them a title shot 
right? Or, or something close to it. Like they, they have a chance to demand a title shot after beating the young bucks, right? Like, Oh, that's going to be, yeah, that, that rankings wise, it's going to come at some point or another. Well, that's your double. How long do you think we wait until FTR gets those belts too? Uh, double or nothing. Double or nothing. Think we wait that long. Do you think it's, do you think it's that long before they, they, they get there? I think it's more specifically because they're doing this stuff with red dragon. Yeah. And, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and I think next week that's probably a title change to start that program. I was going to say, if I, I could see them winning the belts and then defending them at double or nothing against uh, a Red Dragon or something like that. Mm, no, I think they're going no, to no, think... finish up Red Dragon and Jurassic Express, and then it'll be Jurassic Express versus FTR. Okay. Hmm. I think Interesting. So. All right. Fair. And with that, we wrap All up. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say here, I'm going to say they win those belts before double or nothing. I'm thinking they win the belts at double or nothing, but it's against Red Dragon rather than Jurassic Express. Mm. Okay. All like right. Well, I, I, I guess we all three have a, have a differing idea of where this is Yeah, we've got different di- diverging paths. Good shit, we'll, good see where, we'll see where it goes. And I still have a pair of double or nothing tickets, but I don't know if I'm going to go or not because travel costs are outrageous. Dude, dude, I can't even imagine for you guys. Anybody that listens to this podcast is like a money mark and like secretly wants to like send me to like be your like personal wrestling media guy um i'll do i'll do as many podcasts as you want i'll podcast for you i'll podcast for you so hard if you buy me a plane ticket to double or nothing indeed no because for me in particular like i live the closest to vegas so flight tickets are not that bad from denver to vegas so i can't even imagine like atlanta to vegas in this case it's fucking it should i I, this is a uh, thing i truly believe if we're gonna live in this stupid bullshit dumbass late capitalist fucking society it should always be cheap to travel to Las Vegas from anywhere in the country. It should be inexpensive to get to fucking Las Vegas. It's crazy that it's not. Uh, and it makes me really mad. Well, that's a one you. city in the country. It should always be cheap to travel to. Paul, go yeah, ahead and play yourself. Subsidize. And you, you'd think that they would subsidize travel to Las Vegas. I could do, I could go on this for a while. <laughs> but like, look at all the tourist revenue they bring in. The whole point of that city is people being there to spend their money there. It should always be cheap to get people there. But how do you convince the flight travel companies to make it cheap? That's the problem right there. You fucking subsidize them like you do already. They're already doing it. <laughs> There. What do you there. mean? Just give them more of the money that we're already fucking giving them like, in the first here, place. Just here's an extra two bags. Or like tell them to do their jobs with it. Bucks. Or, you know, um, fucking I know a couple of people that make a pretty heavy share of that money that if they were, you know, not around to collect. Uh, and on know, that, though, maybe if maybe if we just took all of the people that were making, you know, like CEO money um, at those airline companies and just put them in a Boeing 737 Max and was like. Have a nice flight around the world. Paul. Let the doctors aside. Anyways, yes. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can find me piloting a Boeing 737 Max. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle or at Twitch at twitch.tv slash thickflare all seas. Every Monday, I host First Contact at twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. Uh, we have a lot of fun there. It's Mondays at noon eastern so uh check that out chris i will take my cue uh you can follow me on twitter at brazilian fury uh you can my other podcast tracks on the six that sounds on sticks on twitter you can find us there on the night of the living gigs podcast network 
for those episodes. We've been in a bit of a mess, but at some point or another, Jordan and I will pick up and do like three. Like, tends to work itself out. Uh, and through Twitter, you can also check out the MVs that I do there. I have a whole thread with them tags with the ones that I've done. I think my Kamaitachi one was the most recent did a couple weeks back. Good show. So, yeah, check them out. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the Ian Style on Twitter, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. The great merging of the accounts will happen by May first. I've I gotta get this done, so it, it will finally happen. Also, I'm just gonna plug the Alan Moore writing course on BBC Maestro because it, it is probably the best uh, ninety bucks that you'll ever spend. So if you have any, it may or may not have inspired a whole Fryer Pro idea that. Oh God! And Steve Cash have decided to undertake, which we're gonna regret like immediately the moment we start. But this is fine; we will work through it. Paul, any last words? Go into every day with the confidence of D. Snyder. Oh God! Wow. We'll see Be you next. That confident. We'll see you next week. No, really, we mean it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye now. Jeff- you can't you can't not podcast with me anymore. I'm not going to take it. <laughs> we'll see you next, we'll see you next week. <laughs>